Hey everybody, welcome to Unfinished People, episode number two. My name's Chad, and this is... Brandon. Hey Brandon, what's going on, man? Good, man. Yeah, so it's, it, we are, uh, we're doing another one. So we didn't give it up after yeah. the first Yeah, week. we don't even know if there's any momentum. <laughs> yeah. We're just doing it. Well, we, we know for sure that our um, family members are saying, yeah, good job, way to go. Uh, so they're listening. But no, we hope we hope actually that was encouraging. Uh, we know it was kind of an intro, but this week we're headed to well, we're going to talk about when we were in Rome. Um, and I, I probably, I think for you, and I'm going to let you start um, because we were both uh, on sabbatical. You had been on sabbatical for a while. I just started, so I was all excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of burst your bubble there, didn't it? Yeah. And so let's start with you in that moment. Um, yeah. How are, how are you feeling about your identity, your walk with Jesus, uh, the finished state of your soul at that moment? At that moment. Oh, my Lord. Um, well, let's just say the, sab- the sabbatical was brought forth because... You sound so I formal. I was very... The sabbatical I was, very was unf- yeah, brought yeah. forth, it was- <laughs> henceforth to thus, from the so heavens. that I... C- yeah. You decided uh, to take a yeah. break because... Let's do, <laughs> let's do English. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Not old English. I, I needed to. I was not in a okay. good spot. I was, I was very burnt out you know, in a healthy area without even realizing it. Um, I mean, like I knew but I didn't know what I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that, like, it's kind of like in your own house, like there's certain rooms that are like just collecting dust and a lot of problems. And you're kind of like walk past it all the time. You're like, ah, it's there. I'll get there. But at that point, man, it was about halfway through the sabbatical and I did not want to be on sabbatical anymore. I mean, it was what did like, you want instead though? I wanted to go back to work. Okay. (laughs) Primarily because at the end of the day, it was all of this time to sit between you, just you and the Lord, and just to have him reflect your heart back to you, to have uh, almost like undistracted time for him to speak into your heart was kind of hard at those moments. It was, it felt very much like the... After Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted and tried. Like there was this spot of like, okay, can I just go back to work? Can I just go home? Can I quit? Quitting sounds like a great option right about now. You know, yeah. I'll go do I'll go do whatever job. I don't care anything but this. You know. Mm-hmm. And so when I was at when we were in Rome, I was excited. Or yeah, it was Italy because we weren't we were just in Rome for a day. Yeah, it's side, like I was and excited. side caveat to that, we're not like these jet setters. Like we found cheap oh. tickets, and we we're like, let's <laughs> we do this car. crazy thing. Yeah, we <laughs> we stayed in this town, Roncilione, outside of the outside Castanda. of Rome, so far outside of Rome that uh, we didn't even have a car. Yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, just yeah, a little nobody side spoke thing. English. It was pretty fun. Yeah, um, pasta. I was excited to be with you. I was excited to spend time with you. I was not excited to spend time with the Lord, hmm. to be honest, you know, and it was just like, and I remember, man, like, I don't know if you recall that, like I had moments of pretty strong anxiety. I do recall. Um, just dark, dark moments, just really hard. Um, 
Yeah. It, it, I wanna, was, it the, was very, very difficult. One thing you said, and then I think we talked about this last week. How often do uh, pastors nowadays think about not being pastors? Oh, from what I hear, um, from conversations I have with pastor friends, and from what, like, you know, people who do research across the country, seems like there's a lot of them these days. Yeah. Yeah, so what you were feeling at that moment wasn't necessarily a brand new thing. Uh, it's it's something that, yeah, I, and just anecdotally we've heard, but I think we also could offer this thing of, yeah, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, yeah. What When you kind of thought about in that moment, what was it about it, though? Like, why? Why why it, say, I don't, I don't think I can do this, I want to quit? Yeah, I, I think for me at that time, and, I, and I'll say this, it's probably – it's it's not going to be connected to like the cultural wars out there. It was more of a, <laughs> it was more of like this extreme disappointment with who I was, okay, and a deep frustration with what I assumed the fruit of ministry should be. Um, what you know, wait, like just tell me what that means be, though. Yeah, like for me, like I, I like like man, our church should be at this size. We should be okay. doing X, Y, and Z, you know, or just yeah, like just things like that. Or you're you're like expecting these weird things, and you're battling like, is that on me or is it on the Lord? Well, I know it's on the Lord, but it's really, but I'm really taking it on me. And then just the overall, just the constant discouragement, the insecurity. Do I preach well? Did I not preach well? Am I leading well? Am I not leading well? Oh my goodness, the budget's this, and oh, what about this? And it's just this constant stress of like, I don't have the time to be with the Lord as much as I want to. I can't give my effort to this as much as I want to. And and it's just like, I feel so deficient. I feel so incompetent, which, uh, duh, we know. Yeah. But yet, when you're in the grind and you're going at it, you don't operate in that knowledge. You know it. You know, like, yes, everything I have is from the Lord. He's the one who gives me the grace for ministry. But when you're just in the moment, you, you've just, for me, I revert right. back to, I got to do it. I got to go for it. It's in my strength. It's in my effort. It's, it's contingent on me, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, like, I'll just be honest, like, just before, yeah, so a day and a half before Christmas Eve's service like like i had a staff person tell me he was moving on and so that was a hit and then i got a letter from someone in the church who i thought um was like for my family okay. and it was one of those like really nice letters but like not nice <laughs> you know what i mean i think we call them compliments you we know like it's chocolate just like, covered turds yes it's like <laughs> hey you know we really appreciate you and this and this but it was just like a, normally mm. I just let that stuff roll, but it was just like all of this stuff came after like going through so many things. And I was just like, I'm done. Forget it. I'm over. Yeah. You know, I can't do this. And, I suck. And it isn't unusual. Um, that thought of, uh, cause part of, of wanting to quit, I'll just say that it's not unusual. Uh, and I've learned that those thoughts are going to come. And so it's more a matter of, okay, how am I going to stay with this? But what's, there's, I think part of the issue that is difficult is we're supposed to be 
representing this joy-filled, awesome, amazing kingdom of God. He's the best thing ever. It, it's all, yes, you should come and join me. I know I want to quit, but you should yeah. come and be part, you should come and be a part <laughs> of this great kingdom of God, even though I'm thinking of leaving. Um, not leaving Jesus, but you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm thinking yeah. of not representing him officially, and I just kind of want to go and, and do, well, I don't know, just yeah. be. Just be. See, I don't know if you're feeling this right now. Like, there's part of me that's going, oh, gosh, man, I hope nobody in my church is going to listen to this. Because all of a sudden, they're going to be like, oh, no, I've did that. You know, you're so good. Yeah. It's just like, I know. This is one of the struggles of being a pastor. It's like, when can we talk about this? Right. <laughs> you know, like, right here, you can't right now. Quite yeah. share it publicly because you're like, my insecurities that are going to flare up or my pride's going to flare up. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Now people are going to compliment me. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. Well, but just to dude, for and, real, for real, like what you what you're just saying is just like, yes, and it's kind of like what Paul says in Corinthians, like we have this treasure in jars of clay, and and I'm like, I feel this tension to be like, as a pastor, I need to be like in an, an ornate jar, not just a clay jar. Like, yeah, I need to be the treasure and have the treasure inside too. You are you know, the treasure. Like, you are the treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. All right, so let's let's focus back in on Rome. Um, so yep. in the middle of that, that gives a good intro to kind of where we were both. I wasn't there yet. I was like, "This pasta is awesome." <laughs> yeah, this. And food I was like, "Dude, is, you just wait." <laughs> yeah, this food is so good. Let's have gelato again. Hey, I love Jesus, and let's have gelato. I love Jesus. You know what? We should get some gelato. <laughs> and you were like, "I don't want to do this anymore." And so I wasn't there yet, and you actually told me, "You just wait." At some point in your sabbatical, you're going to feel this exact same thing. And I said, whatever, man. And sure enough, it was maybe like a few weeks later, I texted you and I was like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> um, so uh, that's the setting. Uh, and then we go and we're, uh, we're going to go home. We're on our way home. And we decided, you know what? Even though we haven't been staying in Rome, we've been staying in this little tiny village with these old men who sit around tables and... Pretty much after a day, we knew the whole village. And, and it was like, yep. okay, this is great. Uh, we knew, uh, what's his face? I don't remember his name, the guy that rented the place, and his mother's name, Constanza. <laughs> and she, remember, he yelled up, it was like, let down yeah. your hair, mother, so we can open the door for these men to stay here. <laughs> Constanza. Oh, uh, so man. anyway, yeah. we went to Rome. <laughs> we were going to look at stuff, and we're looking at the Colosseum. It's stunning. Uh, the Forum the Pantheon and St. Peter's Basilica. Stunning. I got a picture still of the light coming down. It's just gorgeous. Mm, I remember that. Architectural work. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And you said to me, I got to go to this other place. I was like, what place? And you're like, Mamertine, Mamertine, something. This prison. I was like, all right. And I didn't know what it was. We walk up to this rinky-dink for Rome standard churches, it's it's, it's yep. cool. Like here, it would probably be like, wow, that's amazing. But over there, it's like one of a thousand and it's small. It's not great. And mm -hmm. you're on a mission to get in there. What, what did you want to see? I wanted to be in the place where Paul wrote Second Timothy. Okay. Like I, I was, because I knew that sermon series was going to be coming, but it was just like, how in the world 
can Paul <laughs> write one of the most beautiful, convicting, charging letters to a young pastor who's absolutely wrestling with his own insecurity, his own stuff, and he's writing this in this horrible, inhumane prison cell outside of the splendor of Rome. Yeah. And saying, Jesus is worth it. Yeah, I'm, here I am. He's worth it in St. Peter's Basilica. For, yes. Like, let, let, that's what I want. I want the big, <laughs> and, the big it, you know, place. And I'm personally feeling like I'm on a sabbatical. I get the gift to travel. I get the gift of four months of setting aside time just to do work with the Lord. And me and my pity party want to throw in the towel. Hmm. And I was just like, I, there's something I need to experience. There's something I need to feel in this moment, something I need to like confess in this moment, repent in this moment. And like, yeah, because man, this, like what I'm going through is just like God wanting to change my heart. It's not like an external circumstance like that. Yeah. You know, and so if do, I'm so do this wanna... for people, describe it. Uh, I want you to describe the prison and walking in. And if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'll, we'll have this up on the screen where you can actually see some images and I'll throw it in the show notes for podcast, some links to just get a picture of what this looks like. Um, so describe Mamertine, yeah. Mamertine prison for everybody. So when you get there now, it, it looks like you know, a little more tidy because it's a museum on top and they still have the yeah. original cell and it was like cut into the stone underground and to get in there's essentially just a hole that's like in the top of this cave that's your only source of light that's your only source of fresh air um, rome would not provide you with food clothing water and that so if you don't have people in your life that would supply that for you yeah you're pretty you're sol at that point but that was the mm -hmm. only way that would come and so at that S -S day, like, so out of shine out light, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Shoving outer liners. Yes, um, there you go. But so, like, you know, Rome didn't like have the same prison system we have where they go, we're going to be, you're going to be here for five years hmm. because they weren't going to provide you with food, water, and clothing. And, and so they already know you're probably going to die in there. Or you're going to yep. wait until you get this unjust court where you can't even defend yourself and they'll kill you anyways. So Paul's in this cell, but then there's another aspect to the cell that wouldn't be necessarily for Roman citizens, but it was this holding space that had this like gate lever that mm -hmm. was on the other side of it was connected to like the Roman sewage system. So what they would do to execute those prisoners is they would open up the door and fill the cell with Roman sewage and drown them. And then when they're all dead, they would flush it back out and they would even clean it up. And so Paul is in that cell, right mm -hmm. in Second Timothy. And, and here he is, like Timothy is pastoring the churches in Ephesus. And he's very discouraged because persecution's coming up and his mentor, his father figure, Paul, is about to be executed, and you know Timothy's going, is this worth it? And you can imagine the people who were influenced by Paul going, oh, so Paul, this kingdom that you're talking about, yeah, real powerful, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, how does one in that situation, like, say to Paul, or uh, say to Timothy, be strong in the grace, Yeah, Timothy, he's worth it. 
horrible, horrible circumstance, horrible situation. Yeah. I needed to be there. Yeah, I just my perspective, and and it was like I f- I felt like uh, the Lord met us in a very powerful way, in the contrast to the other amazing tourist spots in Rome that everybody goes to. You know, we waited in line for a long time to get into St. Peter's Basilica. It was so hot, really annoying. Uh, and then so many people just so milling many. around and, and lots of stuff that's beautiful, but kind of hard to connect to. And then you get in this place and there's like no line. <laughs> no line. <laughs> and there's nobody in there. And it's just so interesting. Um, kind of the, I don't know, like the simplicity uh, of it, yep. and the Lord was, yeah, it was a, it was pretty stunning to think about Him being there. And I know I mentioned to you this week, but uh, so Second Timothy four seven, I've fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and so mm-hmm. I just I just been thinking about that this week. Of all right, we're talking about being unfinished and the way we feel, but in this moment. For Paul, he was able to kind of say, I, I think I'm about done. I think this is it. And like, talk about a minute for just the, the contrast of like the way we might define success, if one, just as a follower of Jesus, or also even in being in ministry, which obviously Paul was. Um, he's not yeah. really, there's no big churches, like he's not preaching. He's not having a send-off party. There's no, you've done such a great job. Here's all these accolades. It's, you're about to die and you're in this yep. dark hole. Um, yeah. Talk about that for a minute. It, it's almost the same contrast of like what, if we were just say like Christians, if they were to do tourism in Rome, it's the same contrast. Like we would be enamored with the amazing architecture mm-hmm. of everything in Rome. And dare I say, even enamored with the architectural beauty of um, what's what's the area where the Pope lives? What's it called? I for, totally forgot. Yeah, Vatican City. Vatican City. There it is. <laughs> and just even knowing that, like the resources that were used to fund it, wasn't the most noble. It was used right. to lie to people, yeah. to convince people in salvation. And we go and we're enamored, yeah. but yet probably the most beautiful and stunning thing in all of Rome is that prison cell and nobody I goes. I agree. Yeah. And so I think we have that same concept when we look at our lives. It's like the finished product has to be some legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Some external thing. But I think there's something so much deeper where I'm like, I want like the, the finished part that hits me with Paul is saying my life represents that Jesus was worth it. Mm -hmm. Everything I can point to is I was strong in the grace that he gave me. And I'm like, okay, I'm still not there. Like I'm still unfinished. Like I'm still trying to be strong in my own effort. I'm still trying to be strong in my own charisma, competency, parenting, finances, rather than just being strong in the grace and letting that be the, you know, the, the cloud of witness piece, you right. know, one of the things that struck me reading a little bit about the prison was also the location in the city was near the forum. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> there would have been, a, they, some actually think they would have been debating and actually talking about, 
um, potentially the prisoners that were there because there were also some steps just near there that which is where they killed people. Uh, and they talked about like you know tying them up in ropes and dragging them down the steps and many times and actually some famous citizens of Rome senators and mm. stuff like that were actually killed there but that here's Paul inside he could have heard these conversations no opportunity to say wait wait let me make my case for christianity let me actually say how this is a good thing what i believe mm. in like to every eye out there it was you are an idiot right this is a superstitious errand and foolish pursuit why don't you mm-hmm. and so let's let's bring it into kind of current stuff. Why don't you get on the right side of history with how people see things and give up this this crazy thing about Jesus and and following him? I think that's where my heart was mm-hmm. hit. Not just from a ministry, but it was just from a Jesus standpoint altogether of following him and loving him and knowing I'm loved by him. We stood outside that church. I remember we prayed together uh, mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of a a little bit of a, <laughs> even as pastors, Lord, we are saying once again, we love you and yeah. we're committed to you. And this doesn't look like much to the world, but we see the kingdom of God in this dark hole in the ground. It was just so small, yeah. so amazing. Um, so I, I felt like that was just such a stunning kind of revelation. And that when we, it seems like we need those often, we need God to tell us again, this is still the way, this is still the path. Right. Um, but Paul obviously was saying something very strongly, and he says it in many of his other letters about suffering for Jesus. What yeah. should we expect uh, as Americans, Westerners, uh, when it comes to suffering and what is suffering and what is not suffering? Maybe that's a good question too. Whoa. <laughs> I couldn't oh. find a parking spot today. I'm so persecuted. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm trying to calculate a thought. Um, like going back to the first thought of like, you know, being on the right side of history. Mm-hmm there's part of me that just goes like, I think there's a, I wonder if suffering starts in there of just like, where do we align ourselves with? And just recognizing that that means you're not going to be part of any kind of mainstream flow. Because if we were like right side of history, I think in the church, you have two opposite, op, like completely polar sides, mm-hmm. right? One that's going with like, the cultural rhetoric coming from DC and across the board. And then you got some that I would say are entrenched Christian nationalists. Right. They're like, no, 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 no. America's a Christian nation, all that kind of stuff. Now, granted, I understand that just right there stirred the pot, but it's just like, the reality is Jesus, like, like my wife and I were just talking about this. It's like, Jesus didn't even engage these conversations. Yeah. Like the ones that deflected so fast, he deflected them so fast. Right. But like, man, like, okay. So when like the Pharisees, the religious, which I think can represent a certain side that's trying to be on the right side of history within the church mm-hmm. came to Jesus. Like, obviously Rome is extorting the people and taxes and stuff. It's like, Hey, should we pay tax to Caesar or not? You know? And, and obviously it's like idolatry and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus just completely said, Hey, yes, 
Yeah, give, <laughs> like, give let's me a not coin. go there. Give me a coin. Yeah. I don't even have one. <laughs> give me a coin, right. and I'll tell you. And then, like, keep going on. Like, like Peter, in terms of like Rome, honor the emperor mm-hmm. when the emperor is burning Christians. Yeah, you, you know. So it's like there's just this side. It's like so is I wonder going to the right side of history is you're choosing to go in the subversive mustard seed method of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that means there's going to be suffering just in that, because what you know to be true is not going to look sexy or appealing, getting any kind of cultural momentum. You know, it's, it's the Marmontine prison. Like this is it. And I love like you're going through revelation because it's like, the church at that point needed to see the reality. Like they needed God to pull back the curtain and say, this is the right side of history. The kingdom of God is the right side. Like not this or not that. Because even at this point, like there's Christians in the church in Ephesus and even Corinth, they're like, Paul, you're not a good pastor. Let's, let's adopt some of these pagan cultural practices so that way we're not totally outside the realm. It's just like, no, we, this is not our home. And embracing that reality means you're going to suffer. You're yeah. going to be misunderstood. You don't need to fight to build a governmental kingdom and cloak it within Christianity. That's never gone well in the history right. of humanity. Um, or is it to acquiesce to the cultural pressure and to surrender scripture? Like that's that's not good either. <laughs> so it's like, no. no, Jesus is worth it. Be strong in the grace. Yeah, there's such a confidence that Paul had in the Lord. And, and you know, a lot of people would say, well, he's Paul, and he's writing the Bible. <laughs> and so it seems like he's got a leg up. Um, and okay, you know, he went through that really terrible thing because of what he was doing. But I mean, I live here in, in Western culture, and it's going to be rare, right? I mean, we're not going to really experience those things, but... I was just tooling around on the Voice of the Martyrs website today and reading stories about uh, Christians in China and Iran and the faithfulness that they are, how they're experiencing the Lord. And we always go there. It's kind of like a, a bit of a, a, a trope, a cliche. Yeah, it's kind of like when you when you don't eat your dinner. Mom said, you know, there's starving kids in the world. Right, right. It's it's a little bit of a trope that we go to when preaching. Like, are you ready today to stand up for Jesus? But so we have, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And so our own setting can also reflect elements of Mamertine prison. And, and so I think for me, I'm, I'm trying to think about today and as a pastor, but also just as a follower of Jesus. And let's, let's shift to people thinking about their life and the things that yep. they're going through because people are, are going through difficult things and it's easy yep. to identify moments where we would say, cause I bet like you even see towards the end of, uh, of chapter four, it's the same. That's the same chapter where he says, be strong. It's the one where he says, I fought the good fight. And he also says, Hey, can you, can you please come see me? Right. He twice he says, make every effort to come. And then he also says, and would you bring me a coat? <laughs> It's cold. Right. And I, I love that those things are together. He's not just yeah. being all super spiritual Paul. Like one of the the uh, the stories that comes out of kind of apocryphal stories is that there was a spring in the prison and that Paul caused the spring to be there and then he was baptizing people with it. And it's like, uh, no, there was a sewer. <laughs> 
but he was he was there was a reality of of who he was and, and yeah. who, what he knew to be so simple mm. question what does it look like for yep. us i so here's the my lesson that i learned and that i think is super encouraging and at the same time difficult for people um to be encouraged out of this conversation is like we need to p- recognize that we're the Timothy in this letter hmm. because Paul is I mean if if we were to be honest like if we were to embrace our unfinished posture of really who we are like we're not going to so much connect with Paul <laughs> like we're going to feel yeah. almost like discouraged like man he's amazing you know and it's just like I resonate a lot more with Timothy mm-hmm. my father of faith he's in prison I'm being persecuted you left me to pastor this church that's full of the occult and all of this stuff, I don't know what to do. I don't get it. All this pressure, people are being persecuted, you know, and that's where Paul gets this, like, hears it, obviously, and then writes it from that poop hole. I almost said the S word, scubalon hole, and, <laughs> and like, there it is. And, and to encourage him, and so here's, here's what I would say, is going, looking at verse six, seven, and eight, and nine out of chapter one is where I would want to encourage those who are listening, because this is what hit me, was well, first going back one verse, like he encourages Timothy, like, I, I know of your sincere faith. Mm-hmm. Like it came from your parents, it's genuine, there's real fruit. He's encouraging him like, hey, your faith isn't a mistake, it's sincere, it's without wax, there's no crack, like it's, it's all like, it's there. But then he goes, hey, fan in the flame the gift that God's given you, mm-hmm. you're letting it flicker out. Yeah. That's on you. You fan it to flame. He didn't give a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound mind. But then he goes, don't be ashamed of the testimony about Jesus. Hmm. Like in the midst of all of that persecution, Paul's in this poop hole about yeah. to die outside of the glory and splendor of Rome. Yep. And he's saying, don't be ashamed of Jesus, even yeah. though it might lead you here. And then he says, or me. Like, don't hmm. be ashamed of me either. Instead, share in the suffering of the gospel, relying on the power because he saved us with this holy calling. It's like we're in a culture in a time when the the splendor of the culture in the world around us is like way more attractive it's compelling. than the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's compelling. Right? And when we hear the cultural narratives and the wars and the pit parties that's between the you know, certain segments of society, it's like, man, it is terrifying at mm-hmm. moments. It's hard to want to share the truth, even though people are like, well, that's your opinion, and your opinion and your truth could get you in trouble. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm ashamed of Jesus. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. It's like, no. In that moment, fan into flame. I love that. Because like, this is the part that I'm just going to I'm gonna end on. It's just like where he goes on to like chapter two right away, the very first thing he says, it's like, you therefore, my son, hmm. be strong in the grace that's yeah. in Jesus. It's in him. Be strong in that, not in yourself, right. not anything else, not in that you understand all the cultural narratives. Be strong in Jesus. Yeah. You know, I'm like, he's worth it. I'm like, okay. Absolutely. That de- allowed me to like go, okay, I'll fan this this thing back into flame. You know, that's on me. Yeah. And so that's There's how a, I would. Uh, just to kind of jump back into the, your words connected to that place. Um so we are a part of a kingdom that is not of this world, and yet 
was incarnated into this world and does have flesh and blood, does have the experience of right now, loneliness is huge. Um, a lot yeah. of isolation, like you said, the culture and the world, what, what the enemy offers is very compelling. And it isn't that it doesn't give some satisfaction. It really does. I'm praying for more and more this place of kind of what we did outside that prison, which was to say with a, a resolute, but spirit filled and grace empowered words to say, God, we are yours. <laughs> We're yours. Yeah. We can't do anything else. Uh, when you talked about the fan, the flame, it reminded me of a bruised reed. He will not break and mm-hmm. a small, a smoldering wick. He will not put right. out. And so I imagine a candle that's just been burned out and, you know, right as it burns out, there's this last little sputter of light at the top of the wick. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just imagine like this, come on, come on, yeah, like Lord, yeah, yeah. Lord, fan this back into flame. But I love Jesus won't, he won't let us go. And I think the reason is because, and Paul knew this, it was the work of Jesus. It was the labor of Jesus. That's what he was clinging to. Um, and so he was able to say those words. Spirit was obviously yeah. leading him to write them, but he was able to offer that encouragement to Timothy and to anybody else. Obviously us, we're reading it. Yep, totally. I mean, there's we could talk about Second Timothy all day long on this because there's so many connections of like encouraging Timothy, hey, I know there's people that abandoned the faith and have walked yeah. away from you and your friendship. Don't stay rooted. You know, it's like... Yeah. Just don't walk stay away. with it. It's like, hey, stay with them. Stay with them. Flee from the youthful passions. Like, hey, make yourself mm-hmm. a noble use. And like, over and over and over. Like, even just saying, like, there's going to come a time when people are going to like ignore the truth of God and embrace this form of godliness. Yeah. Without like embracing its power. You know, it's just like, hmm. It's don't like do all it. of these things. Don't do it. You know, yeah. it's like Jesus is worth it. Like, hang on. Like. Yeah, far more worth it than anything else, and yeah, yeah, man. I I'll say this, man. I don't think I could have gone got through Italy without your friendship in that moment, because hmm. that was there was some dark. I was wrestling with some dark stuff yeah. at that time. It was a gift to me as well, though, and I think that has been. If, if there's anything people say about us, uh, they may not say you know, the, the usual things you want to hear of like, Oh, amazing preacher, all those things. But what they do say about us is, Hey, you guys kind of really let people see (laughs) what's going on when you talk about him. And I, Mm -hmm. that was true. You were true to form and there was no pretense. It was, yeah, I'm really struggling. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and so I think kind of finding the, almost like the, the locus of what the Lord wanted to do in us Mm. ending up being in that little spot, that prison um, was just beautiful. It was, it was amazing. And I love thinking about, because Paul's like, who knows how it worked, but obviously people could come and talk to him because he's asking, can you come? And they could give him things. And so through the the only way, yeah, the only way in was that hole. And so I just, I kind of imagine, you know, and if, if you're, listening and not, I'm making this like kind of, it, it wasn't much bigger than the size of a human being mm-hmm. to get through the hole. And so I imagine Timothy leaning over and saying, Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? You hanging in? 
I'm here. I, I'm not going. I'm going to stay with him. I'm praying. I'm staying with him. I'm listening. I hear your words. I'm fanning this flame, and I'm passed on your words to all these other people that Paul mentions in the letter. And then I just think of how it reached our ears that we have also had those moments of, I don't want to do this anymore, but God has has done that in us. Um, and I love your heart. Like, and I think just, and if, if you're listening and encouraged, like our heart is to say just what Brandon said, don't walk away. Don't even yep. if even if right now you're in that lower cell, and you're feeling like this is this is it. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, uh, just hear the voice of God saying He's with you. He's right there. And, yep. and we'll just say this too. Like one of the things that we talked about with this podcast, and kind of as we wrap here, um, is we want to not only be transparent and authentic about our own process and where we are, but we also want to encourage and to just say, Hey, if you need somebody to tell you to hold on, we're telling you, (laughs) we're telling you. And we, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. And, you know, to say there is hope, there is always hope in Christ. And, uh, and we, we can do this. Um, Paul made it. He did finish his race there. That's wild. He did that. He never left that. that When he left, it was death. Um, and so, that's pretty sobering, but at the Very. same time, it's like, wow, what a well done to hear he didn't, he didn't give it up in that moment. What an awful yep. story if Paul had written all these words and then in the last moment said, you know what? This prison's too bad. It's too awful. And I can't do this anymore. So I'm leaving. I'm walking yep. away. Um, I'm reconsidering all my thoughts on Jesus. And you know what? It just doesn't work for me. He didn't though. He nope. actually said, this is worth it. It's worth giving everything. Yep. Any closing thoughts, Brandon, or you want to just wrap us up and I'm going to wrap it up with, with reading second Timothy two, eight through 13, almost as a kind of a podcast benediction. Awesome. Um, but it's just this thought of going, you know, what Paul said to Timothy, knowing that Timothy is a work in progress. So, so was Paul in that moment. So are we, Mm-hmm. That I can't think of a better way to end episode two than this. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. And that's why I endure all the things, so that we also may attain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So this is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So the encouragement is, wherever you're at, we know, we know, and you probably know as well, too, that you're unfinished. Remember Jesus. Remember his heart, his intention, why he came for you. Remember that he died and he rose again root yourself in that. So, Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and jumping in. We're going to continue these conversations and our processes, and you're going to get to know a little bit more about our hearts, our stories, our processes. And yes, yes, Chad likes to make fun of me a lot. It's and so true. You'll, 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 you'll it's get, reciprocal, you'll get to know though. That. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's his own insecurity that does it. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. That's right. Um, it is. I'm but so thank insecure. All right. See you, everybody. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) No, really. 
Bye. For real. Yeah. Finn. See ya, Finn. See ya, she. To see if people can figure that out. Yeah, maybe they will.